What's up, yo, Zach? Zach, Zach, attack! What's up, dude? Zach Mac, Zach Big Mac. Logo, logo's pretty awesome. You did some uh, some good work on your time off there, kid. A little over here. I like it. Yeah, kind of mean. Kind of got a weird weird vibe, but I like it. Thank you, Google Images. (laughs) Yeah, stolen. (laughs) I mean, what? Bro, you talking about time off? Um, I don't know why I've fallen down a, a rabbit hole. Because that's um, what we do. Rabbit holes are our friends. But you know what? Uh, I think this is one a lot of people. I think I feel like this should be in the middle of presidential debates, and this would help me figure out who I want to elect a little bit better. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, do you eat cereal? I think every red-blooded American eats cereal. Do you have a a list, a top five list of cereal? Um, I mean, I probably do. I never really thought about it. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like there's cereal I won't eat. Like what, Raisin Bran? Yeah, I'm not eating Raisin Bran, and I'm not eating... Shredded mini wheat or whatever the fuck those things are called. The frosted shredded mini wheat kind of go hard, but they're not on my five. That's disgusting. Like it makes my mouth dry just thinking about it. I don't understand the the big shredded wheats that people get. I'm just like, why? That no. and grape nuts. How is grape nuts still a thing? Because like, I, old people think it's healthy. I guess or special K. Special K with banana. <laughs> I, I think every box of Special K that you buy, you get a free box of tampons. <laughs> no, you get a coupon to Metamucil. Ooh. That's what it is. That so, or Ben Gay, I'm not sure. So my five, a lot of people have Cinnamon Toast Crunch as number one on theirs. It's on my list, but it's not number one. Okay. And my number one is, I don't think a lot of people are going to appreciate but then again, I don't have much of a sweet tooth, but when I do, I love cookies. Hence, I love the uh, Cocoa Crisp. That's not bad. I mean, it's that's not, not in my top five. And then number two would probably be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And then a very a one that's probably not really well known is Waffle Crisp. Um, that's too sweet for me. But the maple syrup taste on there is amazing. And then the the milk, I almost said the water. The water. It was get real weird. <laughs> The, the so, milk. are you a person that likes the uh, the McGriddle thing from McDonald's? I do, but it makes me shit bad. <laughs> well, that's like all McDonald's food. Like, you could list that for almost the entire menu, other than the, the cup of water they sell. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it still gives you diarrhea. But <laughs> if their water machine's working next to the uh, <laughs> right, yeah, the ice cream. That's machine. the best part. The, the ice cream machine never fucking works. It's been no matter what location you go to, it's down. It's been down for like seven years. Well, yeah, like there's a new one they just built, and they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, our ice cream machine's not working." I was like, "Would you transfer it from the other fucking location? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with these?" They don't have an ice cream machine graveyard yet. Right. They just pass that motherfucker on. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know you've made it as a franchise. You get the hand-me-down broken ice cream machine. My number four is the Oreo cereal. Oreo O's. What's wrong with you? What do you mean? It's fucking Oreo. Everything that you've said so far is like, I don't know. It's like you let a sixth grade kid pick your cereal. Number five is Reese's Puffs. Eat my shit. <laughs> of course it is. Eat my shit. Why wouldn't it be? 
Those are some of the best. Look, if if fucking Lucky Charms is on your list, I'm out. This con- this podcast is over with. We're getting a divorce. All right, let me turn my microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, okay, so I'm weird when it comes to cereal. Um, I get like a big mixing bowl. Okay. And I fill it and I pour like all kinds of milk. I probably use half a gallon of milk and I just I love cereal. Okay. It's okay. It's my thing. Um so I really like Captain Crunch, but we so fight you... a lot. It tears up the roof of my mouth. I was about to say. And so I can't do that, right? So I like to eat cinnamon toast crunch i think that's 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 a staple probably on every list i'm gonna put that at number five i'm gonna do the reverse order so okay that's number five backdoor action i mean you know me um three or three i can't even count four in my head i'd already said four four is tricks i don't know if you've had tricks but they go pretty fucking hard no. I'm not a fan of the, like the, the, what you're talking about, like it's all sugar and mm. you get like hyped up and then you watch cartoons and you bounce off the walls and learn like karate. I'm Still not, that's not jammies. where I live. Yeah. I'm not doing that. So yeah. So five is cinnamon toast crunch. Four is tricks. Three is fruit loops. Fruit loops are a staple. They go hard. Good day, everybody. Around for five. Have a good day. <laughs> Look, you just don't know what you just don't know what good cereal is, man. You just don't you don't understand. At least I didn't say fucking fruity pebbles. That shit's garbage. I was waiting for that to be number two. No, fruity pebbles is the like you put it in milk and it's instantly soggy. That's it's not like cereal. You just make mush. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like stupid. Let's put some paper, little shreds of paper in our our milk. Yeah, no, fuck all that. All right, number two. So number two is Lucky Charms. God damn it! Damn it! That cereal is great. I don't know what's wrong with you. That's the epitome of cereal. What's wrong with me? It has has the normal, like corn, like little. No, that's not normal. That is cat food, sir. That is cat food. I mean, you have a good point, but that's not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I can't argue against you, but. That's where I live, man. That is human cat food, sir. No, but now, number one, rice checks. Yeah. What? Hold yeah. on. Who put rice <laughs> checks in a bowl? Put a little bit of sugar on top. Oh my god! Who is buying rice checks outside of Christmas season to make checks mix? And I don't even like that stuff. What? <laughs> yeah, you know, checks mix. Like it's okay. Right? A lot of people make sweet, like the Muddy Buddies or whatever. A lot of people make, uh, like, the spicy versions. I'm just not a fan. I'd rather just eat the cereal. Um, You'll like this. So, I originally, I make a lot of Chex Mix during the Christmas time, as well as cookie dough dip. We'll talk about that later. Um, But I'm actually going to, I'm going to smoke my Chex Mix this year. So... We'll see how that goes. And you're welcome. I want some now. Yeah. I I told you. Goddamn motherfucker. Number one rice checks? Yes. Hold up. Like, I can't get past this. All of y'all listening, please send him some hate mail. 
That's a normal cereal. Talk sports at yahoo.com. Look, here, let me make Ed's favorite cereal. All kinds of hate mail. Let me make Ed's favorite cereal. Oh, uh, let me put as much fucking sugar into it as I possibly can, and let me shape it into a cookie or a piece of candy, and he'll pour milk on it and eat it like a fucking cereal. This is ridiculous. Why would, like, if if you're going to get rice checks, why wouldn't you just get Frosted Flakes? No, so I really like Frosted Flakes, but they get soggy, and I don't like that. They're honorable mention. They're honorable. Oh yeah, no, like they're they're a solid number six, but I can't put them on the list because they get too soggy. See, and that's the other problem is that I what? eat way too big a bowl of cereal, and so that's why everything gets soggy to me. What about uh, Golden Grams? No. Um, Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, I mean those are on there. That's, I mean that's top ten. Apple Jacks. No. No? Wow. Apple Jacks. What about Rice Krispies? I remember we were so... Fuck no. Those are only good as fucking squares with marshmallows, sir. No, I agree with you, but I mean, that's still eating the cereal. Okay. I remember growing up and we were so poor that the only cereal my mom would ever buy is the generic corn pops that came in the bag, like the Malto meal bags. Yeah. And I wouldn't even eat it with milk. I would just eat it straight out the bag like a snack. You put that in front of me now, I'm probably going to throw up. Really? Corn pops. Wow. And you loved it as a kid. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, fuck, that's all we had. But then I was introduced to fucking sugary. (laughs) So, you know, that's what happened. And you were at your house. You ate the generic bullshit and you hated it. And every time you spent the night at somebody's house, you were like, oh, you mean you can put sugar on this shit? (laughs) Hold on. Wait. They make more than just what I've been eating my entire life. Wait, yeah. I thought cereal was just that shit that had maggots in it. That's not what you're supposed to eat. What about Honey Smacks? Did Dude, you ever fuck with Honey Smacks? throwing sugar on top of everything. Like, what do you not Okay, get? Honey Bunches of Oats with Almonds, sir. The fuck is that? Exactly. Shut the fuck up. That's gross. <laughs> Cornflakes. Anybody who eats cornflakes by themselves are probably a cereal killer. If you eat, yeah, I was, oh, you switched the words out of my mouth. I said, if you still eat cornflakes, right, with the little bird on the side, if you still eat that shit, you guaranteed have body parts in your freezer. No doubt in my mind. Do, do you remember, and I don't know if they even make it anymore. I haven't seen it in the, the grocery stores. Alphabet. The Alphabet cereal. Yeah, you know what that is? That is the same stuff in Lucky Charms without the marshmallows. Oh, dried cat food. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, that's no argument. I mean, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Y'all comment below. Let us know what your top five is. For I, I want to see Tell what this the motherfucker people have. that there's a reason why he's about to have diabetes because this is ridiculous. <laughs> well, Start your morning your colon hey, is clean. Hey, Ed, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. What do you want to start it off with? Four pounds sugar. of sugar. <laughs> Dude, you ready to start? What do you show? want to start it with? Diabetes. <laughs> yeah, today's episode is brought to you by. Uh, I got it's nothing. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's brought oh. to you by healthcare. <laughs> Get checked for pre-diabetes. <laughs> Free screenings at the clinic. Uh, oh my god dude we every have so five visits to talk you about get a free bowl of cereal and i can't get over cereal oh my god let's get to work man you ready to do this shit let's 
I mean, I, you probably are. You're probably amped up from six bowls of cereal. Woo! Let's do it. Woo! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Two Wanna Be Athletes Talk Sports. I'm Ed. I'm Zach. And here we are again, assholes. Week six is almost done. It's Monday night football tonight with the Bills and the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. We'll get to that later, but first, we have a lot to cover in the NFL. Um, those of y'all who have been living under the rock, the Arizona Cardinals are still undefeated. The Arizona Cardinals are still undefeated. Um, shit. What do you what'd you think of that performance real quick? Since I, just I mean, that up. was a pretty, pretty resounding, like, knock-your-dick-in-the-dirt performance. They went out and went to work. That they did. Um. I'm I'm a little bit shocked at how bad Cleveland played. Um, I mean, I know Arizona's a good team. Clearly, they're a good team. They've been beating people. Um, but 34, I mean, 37 to 14, that's an ass whipping. So, for the Browns to be coming off a game like they did last week against the Los Angeles Chargers, and both of those teams put up high points, and both of them were a disappointment this week, and we'll get to the Chargers later. Um, the Browns came across a lot of injuries from what we saw. We we saw Nick Chubb was out. Kareem Hunt, I believe, was hurt. Uh, Baker Mayfield dislocated his shoulder again. And then Odell Beckham looked like he got hurt, too. So this team is falling apart. Like we've talked about many times on paper, this looks like one of the most dynamic teams on the offensive side of the ball. And then it, once you switch over the defense, you see uh, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. And uh, I can't even think of who else is over there right now. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're a good team on both sides of the ball. Uh, but the injury bug got them. I mean, right. so we, we were talking before we started the show. Uh, before this game, Cleveland was averaging 178 rushing yards a game. They had 73 in this game. Uh, Nick Chubb obviously was hurt, didn't play. And then Kareem Hunt got hurt midway through the game, had to come out calf injury. And uh, then you said, yeah, Baker separated his shoulder. He did come out for a couple plays, came back in, and then he left the game. And uh, good old Case Keenum took over. But, I mean, even before that, though, Arizona was dominating that game. There was the Hail Mary at halftime, um, right? It was was 20 – 20 to nothing and then they got a they got a good touchdown and then they had the Hail Mary it was like a 57 yard touchdown throw so it was 20 to 14 at halftime but really Arizona was dominating every facet of the game they didn't really look like uh it didn't really look like Cleveland was even in that game of course then that's when after that everybody got hurt they didn't score a single point after that so you know this this seems like one of the most Perfect games for Arizona so far as as far as performance wise. You look at their third down efficiency; they were eight for fifteen, which is spectacular. Uh, one in for one for fourth down conversions. Um, I mean, like you said, they had control of this game from start to finish. Um, Cleveland was gasping for air the entire time, and it never looked like they were going to catch their breath. Uh, Cleveland comes. What are, who they have next? They come up against your Denver Broncos. On the twenty first, so what is that? I don't even know what today is. Um, it's it's so, Thursday night. Thursday night football, Denver, Cleveland. 
So they get the short week turnaround, which is not good for them, especially for a busted team like that. So it doesn't matter. The Broncos fucking suck, so you don't have to worry about <laughs> it. If, if Teddy Bridgewater is still your quarterback and your offensive line can't protect and your secondary can't stop throws down the field, you really don't have to worry about it. Case Keenum might come. I don't even know. Are they playing in Denver? Because I don't even know. Yes. So Case Keenum might come back into Denver and Wait, light up the that. scoreboard for the opposing team. Uh, are they, the, no, the Broncos are such a dumpster fire that it's like coaching is bad, the quarterback play is bad, the the wide receivers are hurt. Uh, the only bright spot is Javante Williams. How that dude is still able to play at that high a level, knowing his team, the rest of his team is complete shit. I don't know. Um, I even had to read a report this morning that they were saying, despite the Broncos losing the last three, there's no. Uh, no rumors that they're going to trade Von Miller, which tells me that Von Miller won't be a Bronco by the end of next month. So we won't have to worry about that either. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, once they report that they're not going anywhere, I can almost guarantee they're going to get traded. But anyway, and, I guess the one good note for the Broncos is that, yeah, all the Browns are fucking hurt. Yeah. Now, if if Denver loses to a busted Browns team with Case Keenum and no running backs and no wide receivers, I got nothing. I got nothing. Like I mean, the I, only the, thing that that sounds like is that I predicted the the week seven start for Drew Locke, and so it kind of looks like it's trending in that direction. But yeah, I think if you look at his perform, Teddy Bridgewater's performance yesterday, missing deep throws, under throwing wide open wide receivers, um, like before the first three weeks of the season, he wasn't making the anticipatory read; he was just hitting blown coverages. Right. So he looked really good. Well, now he's not even doing that and no. he looks really bad. But magically, his completion percentage was still high because he throws the fucking check down every play. It's, well, and three the interceptions was, doesn't three interceptions doesn't help him. It, well, and, no, from, and I think that is showing who he actually is. I mean, they lost 34 to 24, but they had two garbage touchdowns. So like, it wasn't even close. Well, you're you're closer to the team than I am, and I I didn't watch any of the game, but it also looks like the O line didn't really do give much protection on him with getting sacked five times. He holds uh, onto the ball. He has a hard time processing his reads. Um, but yeah, it doesn't help that your offensive line, if they do block, they get called for holding. So I mean, either way, it doesn't really matter. Um, um, the, the whole team is is poorly coached. Um, uh, Shermer, the, the offensive coordinator, is predictable. Um, he's not an NFL coordinator. And then uh, the Fangio is just not an NFL coach. I mean, he's an NFL defensive coordinator, 100%. But when you have all this stuff put on him to be the head coach, he sinks and he can't do it. Um, I mean, we've seen that with other defensive coordinators. Like, the only one I can think of that was actually a decent coach was Jack Del Rio. But, I mean, he never really had anything to show for it. Um, I mean, we saw what Wade Phillips could do as a head coach, which was nothing. But when he's a defensive coordinator, he can win the Super Bowl. So, you know, I don't want to say that Nick Fangio is at that level. But I said Nick, Vic, Vic Fangio, whatever. I don't want to say that he's at that level because he definitely can't win a Super Bowl because he just – he can't. Right. But, um I think he needs to revisit the idea of just being a defensive coordinator and sticking with shit that he knows. Well, 
Let's move on to the owner of the Chicago Bears and his team, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, dude, there was some fire underneath Aaron Rodgers yesterday, especially going against the Bears. I mean, it's a it's a rivalry game, right? It's a division game. Um, it was in Chicago, so it's already like a hostile environment. But, yeah, he kind of let them know who their daddy is, didn't he? He was yelling at fans. He talked about a woman flipping them off, double bird. He's screaming, I own y'all my entire fucking life. Like, he own, and I think even on Wikipedia, it says owner of Chicago or Bears is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if it um, doesn't, somebody should update that shit soon because, man, I mean, they only won by 10, but right. it felt different. It, I think one because of it being a divisional game, two the intensity that Aaron Rodgers showed yesterday, um, and in the post game uh, interviews, I, I think that's what's bringing more attention to it. Because normally this wouldn't be a game that people would talk about. Green Bay won another one against Chicago, right? Um, and you look at the the numbers of everything. Nothing was too flashy on either side of the ball. Uh, no. no receivers broke over 100 reception yards or multiple touchdowns. None of the running backs went crazy. Um, in reality, it was a mediocre game, but Aaron Rodgers brought life to this and pretty much just rubbed his nutsack on the entire city of Chicago. I mean, really, if you if you look at it, I think Chicago, that's probably – the best they could do on offense that, against a decent team. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Against a good team. That's probably the best they could do. And then for the Packers on offense, that's probably their second worst game of the season. You know, obviously the first game being of the season being the worst. Um, but, and they won by 10, like, and it wasn't, it wasn't ever close. The game was never in doubt. You never had a nope. feeling that green Bay was going to walk away with a loss, but I mean, yeah, they're within 30 yards of passing. They're within 10, 12 yards of, of rushing. Same, almost same yards per play. First down efficiency, third down efficiency, fourth down efficiency. I mean, they're all right there. Total plays was equal. But the Packers are just a better team. And Absolutely. I mean, I know it's an emotional game and, you know, you want to get caught up in that. But I like that the quarterback was yelling at the fans. Like, I like that. You I don't see that, that much. Right. I mean, yeah, normally you just see, you know, your quarterback celebrates with his team and then he, he jogs back to the sideline, high fives the coach or whatever. You know, every <laughs> once in a while you see Tom Brady get kind of fired up, but he doesn't really yell at the fans. No. You know, he kind of – he yells at the other team. He definitely chirps at the other team 100%. But I don't know, man. I, I liked it. I feel like th this is the quarterback that we expected to see. And they're slowly – Quietly, five and one. Uh, so looking at their their schedule, and you bring up five and one, do you feel that this is almost what people have been saying about the Cowboys as far as the easiness of their schedule, hence their record? Well, I mean, you can only play who they put in front of you, right? Like you, right. you don't get to schedule your own games. It's not like college where – you know, you can schedule your out-of-conference games. That's not how that works. But, I mean, we're talking about the, the Cowboys or the Packers? The Packers. Okay, well, so I heard you say Cowboys, so I started. Well, no, that. because a lot of people are saying that the Cowboys are 5-1 and one right now because 
of the strength of their schedule, right? Like, yeah, they've been amazing as far as how they've looked on both sides of the ball, but who other than Tampa Bay had they played that was a challenge? I would say the only one at the time was the Chargers. But we'll get back to Dallas. Green Bay, I I I think they've only faced, challenging-wise, the Niners and the Bengals. And you look at those two, those are some of the closest games that they've had this season, right? Yeah, I mean, they almost lost to the Bengals. Right. They should have won against the Saints. Everybody can agree on that. Yeah, They the blew Saints out the Lions. Place, for sure. The Steelers are a dumpster fire, and they only won that game by 10. The Bears are a dumpster fire, and they only won that game by 10. So I guess you see the high, like the tiers of trash that they've played, starting with the Lions at the very bottom. Yeah. Um, the Saints, I think, are there with them too, but we all see the outcome of that. Then you move up a tier, and then you have the Steelers and the Bears as far as, like, the shit that you wipe off your shoes. <laughs> and then you can start going up a little. You can jump about a tier or two, and then now you're playing with the Bengals and Niners who are possibly playoff contenders. And they came out and won, but they squeaked by on it, right? Now, you look at the rest of their schedule, they've got Carolina or Arizona in a couple of weeks. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a tough game. They've got the Rams a couple of weeks after that. That's going to be a problem. They've got the Ravens a couple more weeks after that. That Those are going to be problems, right? Now, those three yeah. games themselves, I don't see them as – well, and the Chiefs are in there too, but the Chiefs will – We'll get to that. Um, the, wow. Those three teams that I just mentioned, though, aren't going to stop them from making the playoffs. But I feel no. like those one of those three teams, if not all three, are going to expose weaknesses in Green Bay. Yeah, so <laughs> – I agree with what you're saying. I think that they are benefiting from an easier schedule. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, we just went through it. But, I mean, they play Washington next week, which that should be a cakewalk. Um, then they, they go to – they have a short week. That That's the other problem is, is they're going to be on a short week to go to Arizona. Yep. Um I'm looking right now to see if that's going to be a bye week. Yeah, no. So, okay. So, the the Cardinals, they play on Sunday, but they play the Texans. <laughs> so, so, it's a bye week pretty much. Basically. And then they, they both have a short week to go to Thursday night. Um, I mean, I said earlier in the season that that was going to be the loss for Arizona. So, that's where I'm at. I feel like Green Bay is going to show – that they can play toe-to-toe with the top teams in the NFC. Um, And I think that game is going to show it. But it's going to be a closely contested game. Right. Um, But, yeah, for the rest of the season, I mean, obviously Baltimore is showing that they're a very good team. Um, The Rams, I think, are the best team in the NFC. And I mean, I think even the Vikings are going to give them trouble. So, because the Vikings are fighting for a playoff spot, and you know they might not win the division, but they've still got to stay up to be in the wild card conversation. And the Vikings are a very good team if they can and stay they healthy on offense too. with Dalvin Cook. That's a team that could just reach up and beat uh, the the Green Bay Packers. That's at least I mean, that's one of the two, thought. right? You what? At least one of the two times that they meet. Right, I feel like they're going to split, but I mean, it wouldn't be a shock to me that Minnesota beat Green Bay is what I'm saying. Um, 
But at the end of the day, I think Green Bay wins the division. I think they're in the playoffs. I think they're going to win the NFC. I think they're going to win the freaking Super Bowl. So, well, let's keep it in in house um, since we're talking about Green Bay and the Vikings. Let's talk about the beloved Detroit Lions, um, who are over right now. Is it, are they really beloved? Uh, somebody out there likes them. I'm, Not me. I'm sure. There's probably I have five faith or six. in them. There's, there's probably five or six fans in Detroit. Uh, first off, let me ask this. Are they going to win a game this season? Um, I'm looking through. The, I knew that was going to be a question. <laughs> so I immediately started looking at the schedule. Well, um, so this after this Bengals loss I just had, they have the Rams on the schedule next. Ugh. What, what you think they're going to win that one? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know how many people are probably going to be betting that, though? I mean... Look, I might even throw something down on it. Just to see if they cover? Just to see, man. Because they're, they're not going to win that game. I might so, even just go with the money line on that one and see how that pays out. I bet they're going to be, what, hey, plus Whatever you're going to bet on that game, just just give it to me. Like, Venmo me the money. We'll be good. But, I, I mean, I, I got to go through R&R sports betting first and do that. Uh, well, you know, you do what you have to do. You make I'm just saying. Wherever. I'm just, I'm just saying. saying. I don't think they're winning that game. Then they have the Eagles. I don't think they're winning that game. Steelers, Browns, Bears. They might win Atlanta. They're not going to beat Atlanta. Then they're over, man. They're not playing the Texans, so they're over. Oh my god! Has there ever been two fran- or Has there ever been a franchise to go over twice? Uh, surely there has. Man. Oh, my God. Are we going to say it right here that the Detroit Lions will not win a game for the entire NFL season? Maybe. I'm going to say it right now. Put it on the board. Enter board. I'm going to put it out there. Um, 0 for 17. Hey, at least they'll make history. It'll be the first time a team went 0 and 17. Um, wow. They're the first uh, non-expansion team to lose every game. I don't think there's ever been m- multiple. But, um, oh no, the Lions have done it before. Well, yeah, no, that's and what I'm saying. The Lions have lost all 16 before, but has no, no, there... no, they've lost multiple seasons as oh over. shit, 1942, 0-11. Oh, that's why I don't remember it. Well, you weren't there for that game. No, I was negative 43. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, my commitment to the show, I guess, apparently isn't that big. So. Um, but while we're talking about Detroit, the the head coach, forgive me, I don't remember his name, but he threw Jared Goff under the bus. He is finally seeing that Jared Goff is garbage. I, I think this is another tip of the cap to Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher knew this guy couldn't be a quarterback in the NFL. And I think the only reason why the Rams were able to carry him to a Super Bowl is because Sean McVay is a fucking genius. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just, I mean, it was, we already knew how smart McVay was, but this just solidifies it that he's probably the smartest coach in the NFL. Dan Campbell, as we've seen in post con or post interviews is he, he's a very emotional guy. He, uh, he likes to cry over his team. I don't know if he's trying to show a new side of the NFL or he's just a crier. You know, some people are just criers. They ain't no judgment here. Billy Bob was Um, a crier. 
he came out and said, I feel like golf needs to step up more than he has. And I think he needs to help us just like everybody else. I think he's going to need to put a little weight on his shoulders here and it's time to step up and make some throws and do some, some things. Um, at the same time though, doesn't that come with some of the coaching though? Um, so- you see him day in, day out in practices. You were six weeks into the season there should have been some writing on the walls already. I don't know if Campbell was looking at these games where they were close to winning Ravens, um, the Niners coming back. Um, I don't know if he was like, okay, well maybe Jared golf has something. Maybe we can get something right. But now you lose against a Bengals team and you're 34, uh, you lose 34 to 11. Um, what did he have? Two, 28 for 42, 202 with one interception, no touchdowns. So was that the final straw to where he's like, man, fuck this guy? I, no, I mean, I think if you watch the if you watch the post-game like conference and they asked him about it, he didn't really want to say anything. He paused for a long time before he, you know, eventually threw him under the bus. But regardless, um, yeah, I mean, there's probably a little bit on coaching um, as far as, you know, you're setting the guys up. You're the one telling them, hey, this is what we're going to try to do. This is our game plan. This is what we're going to try to exploit, stuff like that. But, um, I mean, there was a reason why L.A. was so quick to get rid of him, right? He took him to a Super Bowl and they lost. And then they traded him for a guy who's much older but who I believe is a better quarterback because they want to win a Super Bowl. And it's hard for me to say all that and then say, but Jared Goff is still a starter in the NFL. I mean, maybe, maybe he's not prepared. It could be that his spirit is broken, right? Oh my God, I was on a good team. We were winning. Now I'm on the shittiest team in the NFL and we can't win a game. I don't want to play for these assholes. It could be right. that, right? He could have completely quit on this franchise, which is a shitty thing to do, but that could be where he's at. So maybe that's why the, the coach feels like he needs to step up and kind of throw his name out there. So that way Jared Goff steps up and, and becomes the NFL quarterback that he was before starts preparing like he's supposed to and getting ready and all that. Or it could be that, Sean McVay was coaching him up and was getting him to pick the correct option, you know, 60% of the time. And now this coach can't do that. And he's only picking the correct option 30% of the time and it's hurting the team. Right. You know, like, like I said, I think Sean McVay is the smartest coach in the NFL. And Sean McVay is on a different level. And I, I don't think a lot of your basic football fans understand that. Right. I don't think that. Um, his play calling, if you watch week by week, it, it's almost like a new playbook every week. He is somebody who knows how to read each team and adapt the pieces that he has involved in his chess game and move them with precision. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess since we're on the topic, we'll move to the fucking Rams. The Rams this week playing against the Giants was a thing of beauty. Now, granted, it was the Giants. The Giants are complete... Another dumpster fire. They're not even the shit that you wipe off your shoe. They're that fucking porta potty that you drive by and you're like, I'm not even going to risk it. Um, well, I mean, they're clearly better than the Lions, but 
Um, Barely. Injuries are really hurting that team. Uh, Injuries and coaching, in my opinion. I can Uh, say that, yeah. There are some bonehead decisions going on in in New York as far as the Giants. It's just – I don't understand it. How this team? What what were they last year? A five hundred team or barely? No, they were under five hundred. They were six um, and ten, I thought. And this year, they're not even looking like they're going to break three. Um, but the Rams it just look. I I can't even put in words how amazing they look. I mean, I think we've talked about this so many times. People are going to think that we're Rams fans, but. There's no flaws in their game. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that you could accuse us of being Rams fans. I think we're just fans of the NFL. True. I think most people that watch football, uh, they understand, yeah, these guys know what they're doing. These guys have put the right pieces in the right spots. They built a pretty good roster. I mean, Cooper Cup, we knew was a good wide receiver. Bro. What is he doing now? It's it's other world. Like he looks better than Devontae Adams, and we it's know he's crazy. Not. But oh my god, he looks it like another guy. And all they did was swap out crazy. quarterbacks. That's all they did. He uh he's second in the league right now in receptions. He's right behind Devontae Adams with five or what fifteen yards. Fifteen yards. Cooper Cup, for the most part, as I've always seen him as a number two wide receiver. Um, I picked him up a couple times in fantasy groups, and he was that, that silent assassin that would come in and help you get extra points that people weren't even aware of. But he is on a different – I don't know if he changed his diet, if he switched from rice checks to fucking golden grams. I don't know what the fuck he did, right? No, um, all they did was they swapped quarterbacks, man. And, and this quarterback's getting him the ball in the correct opportunities and the correct spots to maximize that offense. McVeigh has such a a strong dominant mindset with this offense, and I mentioned to you before the show one of the plays that stuck out to me yesterday. I couldn't tell you which quarter downs or anything like that, but they ran a screen, and I've mentioned before there are a lot of screens being ran this fucking year um, uh, from a lot of different a, positions too. Yeah, they, they ran a five man screen, and it started out in trips right. Uh, two of the receivers step out, start blocking. Guy catches it. The right guard and right tackle block and drop and go. Cooper Cup gets 25 yards off of this one screen. And it was just so majestic to watch how everybody flowed with it. They sold everything perfectly. And these are just the works of Sean McVay, right? Um, I have him right now as number one for coach of the year. Uh, I think you can start every year off with Sean McVay being number one. It's kind of like putting Mike Trout as the MVP before the season even starts, right? I'm not with you on that. I know you're not. I know who you're going with, but I got to go with McVay. Um, I mean, when it's all said and done, he, you know, if he wins a couple of Super Bowls, we might be talking about him as one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen, but. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm with you. So, right now, there are two wide receivers that average over 100 yards receiving a game. Do you know who they are? I'm going to probably say um, Cooper Cup. That's one. And Robert Woods. Devontae Adams is number, number Ooh, one. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a doozy. No, no. So, Devontae Adams averages 111. Cooper Cup averages 108. But the uh, discrepancy there, Devontae Adams has two touchdowns. Cooper Cup has seven. 
Oh, right. So like fantasy people are like splooging all over their keyboards to get this guy on their team. Um, he's got, they both have uh, 46 receptions. Cooper Cup has two more targets, 66 targets to 68 targets. It's disgusting what they're doing. It's so awesome, though. You and I, we at the beginning of the season, we both had high hopes for the Rams, and they're not disappointing. Um, the argument right now is on the NFC side, who is the better team between Arizona and the Rams? Well, Arizona already has one up on them. They're undefeated, which we've talked well, they, about. And they beat them straight up, right? And so. they beat them straight up, right? They're going to meet again. They're probably going to meet twi- two more times. Uh, yeah, they're definitely going to meet one more time in the regular season. That's for sure. Right. And we may be seeing them in the playoffs against each other in the NFC Championship. We don't Very know. possible, yes. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the Rams season to see how they finish out, as well as Arizona. Arizona, again, <laughs> is looking amazing. Um Kyler Murray is on fire. It's crazy. Let's switch over to the AFC and talk about Kansas City Chiefs. This is a team that we've mentioned a couple of times here and there on this show, uh, mainly a lot at the beginning when we started out because of the fact of uh, they were in the Super Bowl and they got exposed and all this other stuff. Um, they're kind of a joke right now, in my opinion, because I don't know if those of y'all who follow Barstool Sports, Dave Poignoy, said it best. They are the best one-year dynasty ever. Uh, <laughs> we hyped them up so much to be this juggernaut. And now here we are two years after they won their first their first Super Bowl. They're leading in turnovers on the offensive side. Patrick Mahomes has thrown, what, eight interceptions this year, which is unheard of for Patrick. Um, their defense is garbage. Um, the offense is not doing well. Yeah, they beat Washington 31 to 13, but that's a bottom five pass defending uh, team right defense right there. So that's not an impressive win to me. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not understanding exactly what's going on. I don't get why an Andy Reid coached quarterback is becoming so careless with the football. Um, I mean, really, that's the only change that I've seen. It's there. There are chances that he's taking, you know, in crucial moments of a game, that most quarterbacks know. No, I'm just going to throw it away. I'm going to throw it away. Right. I'm going to punt. I'm going to let my defense pick me back up. I'm going to get another shot. I'll beat you another down. I mean, he threw a left-handed interception yesterday. Like, how do you do that? It wasn't even. I it mean, wasn't with even like hand, he threw I got it that, straight but... into the ground or he was just trying to throw it away and it got to the wrong. He threw it up in the air, left-handed, and it got picked. And I just – I'm not fully understanding where he's getting away with it. Is it because Andy Reid has let the reins go completely and he's just letting him do his thing? I mean, I don't know, but this is not the Patrick Mahomes that I'm used to. Um, he threw for 397 yards and two touchdowns yesterday mm-hmm. and the game, it was, it was 10 to 13 at halftime. They were losing, but then the defense was able to shut Washington down. They didn't score a single point in the second half, but his completion percentage is 68%, which is about normal, but his QBR was 51.3 yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
that's not a superstar number. No. Like right now, he is projected for the rest of the season. He'll throw for 5,000 yards. He'll have 48 touchdowns, but they're projecting 21 interceptions. He hasn't had 21 interceptions in a season ever. Ever. So I'm not really, like I said, I don't really understand what's going on. I don't know what the deal is with this team. I don't know why they're playing so bad, like as a collective whole. Like I I don't, the two teams, they've beaten Philadelphia and they've beaten Washington. Well, I'm also wondering if Patrick Mahomes is in this mindset to where he was able to pull off some of these plays in the past and made them look good to where now he's trying that and defenses are just knowing what's coming, right? Maybe we're starting to see the downfall of Patrick Mahomes. We put him so high on this pedestal saying that, oh, we're watching a living goat right now. I I just, I can't believe that. There's no way that we've seen the guy play this well and then now he's done six seasons in. There's there's just no fucking way. It's, I don't want to believe it either. I, I think he's going to turn around. Andy Reid needs to do something to turn this team around. I agree with uh, that 100%. But we've said so many times, like I feel like this is secondhand knowledge to everybody. Tampa Bay exposed this team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had a busted O-line, but things were exposed on this team. Defenses are knowing how to keep Tyreek Hill in control. They're knowing how to keep Travis Kelsey in control, right? Um Granted, this is only the second week he's been on the team, but Josh Gordon wasn't even a factor in this game. Um, Pringle didn't do anything. McCall Hardman didn't do anything. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm Looking at their schedule, they've played three teams over 500. Yeah. And they've lost all three games. And, I mean, they were in it against the Ravens, and they were kind of in it against the Chargers. But against the Bills, they, they weren't even around. Right. So they're three and three and the rest of their teams in their division are bad except for the chargers. Right. And they're one game behind the chargers. It sucks that they lost the game to the chargers, but I mean, are we ready to write it on the board that they're not going to make the playoffs? Cause I'm not, not yet. Just cause like you said, looking at some of it, well, I don't know, man. Uh, Green Bay is probably going to be a struggle. Uh, the Cowboys might be a struggle. One of the games against the Raiders are going to be a struggle. The Bengals are going to be a struggle. I, so, I'm going to say that the Raiders season is over. Really? Yeah. So, they won yesterday based on emotion, and they played a shitty team. So, I don't think they're going to be able to carry that. I think they're done. Wow. So. I don't think you have to worry about them splitting any games with the Chiefs. That, so they're going to win their next two games. They play the Titans. They play the Giants. They're going to win those games. So they'll be 5-3 and three going into the game with the Packers. Even if they lose that game, it still puts them at 5-4. and four. They're over 500. They have the Raiders after that. They'll beat the Raiders. That's a Sunday night football game. Uh, and so then they're 6-4 and four going into the Cowboys game. Now the Cowboys game... I think they're going to lose. That's going to be a tough dogfight game there. But then after that, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers is probably another loss. And then they finish the season 
Steelers, Bengals, Broncos. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're going to have eight more wins. So they'll end up being, finishing the season 11 and six. Okay. So they'll be a wild card or they'll win the division. True. Depending on what the Chargers do. So they'll make the playoffs. Then the Chargers will make the playoffs. And then once the playoff button gets pushed, this turns into a different team, hopefully. Hopefully, right? And I think what I, – I see similar to what you're seeing, but I also think it's going to be more of like they're going to have to fight for a spot. I don't think it's going to be as easy as it sounds reading off the schedule um, because you also look at it, the Chargers have some easy games ahead of them. The char- the Raiders have some easy games ahead of them. So it's going to be a battle for those three teams. I, I know you're already counting out the Raiders, but yeah. – I mean, they still got the Eagles. They still have the Giants. They still have Washington. Um, they still have some pretty easy games, in my in my opinion, ahead of them. Yeah, so, they're four and two. They're in first place. Right. Well, they're tied for it. The the Bengals, Cowboys, one of the Chiefs are, and the Chargers are going to be a problem for them. Right. So there's four games right well, there. That, I'm I'm looking at this right here. So if they beat the Eagles. Which I don't, I don't think they will. Wow! And they beat the Giants. They'll be five and three, and then they play Chiefs, Bengals, Cowboys, uh, Washington. I think they're going to lose all four of those games. So if you lose all four of those games, now you're at five hundred again. Yeah. And then after that, they play Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts, Chargers. The Colts game they're going to lose. The Chargers at that point won't have anything to play for. They're going to beat the Broncos because we can't do anything offensively. <laughs> You've pretty much got it to where the Broncos are going to lose the rest of the season, huh? Yeah. I, like, I mean, they're playing that bad. With this quarterback, they can't win. Right? I don't know. Like, They can't get off the field. They can't stop the other team because the defense is on the field all the fucking game. Like, they're bad. The Broncos are dumb. Yeah. So, I mean – we can look at the standings here in a little bit and see who else is done, but they're, they're done. And so, uh, but I think the Raiders are done too. I, I think when I, and when I say done, I don't think that they're not a competitive team. I'm just saying that they're not going to make the playoffs. There's no shot. Cause that would mean that you'd have one of the division, one of the teams win the division, two of the other teams make the wild card. There are just too many other teams that are good for them to make a wild card. They're just not going to do it. So anyway, that's my thought. But you got some uh, true-false questions I heard. I do. And uh, we will jump into that as soon as I can find it. Because, you know, I come prepared. Yes. Uh, Cards and all. Huge shout-out to Outside the Numbers on Instagram. Uh, If y'all are following, go check them out. I actually got this from them. Um, I'm going to read off some Sunday takeaways for week six and you tell me true or false. All right. Okay? Uh, the Ravens are a top two team in the AFC competing with the bills for number one. Um, so I'm going to say true, but I don't think they're competing with just the bills. Okay. Who else um, is in that running for number one? Yeah. I'm going through the teams real quick. I think in the AFC, yeah. All right. We'll 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 say in the AFC, yes. True. Okay. 
Um, Jonathan Taylor is a top eight running back in the NFL currently. True. Off of one good game with the Texans, he is now a top eight court, uh, running back. I think he was before talent-wise. I think the reason why he hasn't really shown out is because Carson Wentz's play hasn't been very good. Right. Um, and I think Carson Wentz's play hasn't been very good because he got injured. He sprained both angles. So, I mean, that's, that's a problem. But I think as, as he gets into the offense and gets better down the stretch, the Colts are going to be a team to reckon with. They're, okay. I think the Colts are going to end up winning that division. So we look at uh, yesterday's game against the Texans. He rushed for 145 yards with two rushing touchdowns. Prior to that week, the only time he rushed for over 100 yards was against Miami. Um, and it wasn't until week four. Four, yeah, week four against Miami did he score his first touchdown. Now he is on a three-week uh, run of scoring at least one touchdown. He scored one against Baltimore and two against the Texans. So for me to – I would just because of the fact that running backs right now are kind of on the bottom feeders, I would probably agree with you that he is in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I'd put him as high as eight. If you're asking me who, I couldn't tell you right now. It's just – to me, he's had a lackluster performance, and his high peak performances have been against horrible rush defenses. So it's kind of hard to say yes to eight, but I will say yes to top ten. Okay. Um, the Cardinals are definitely Super Bowl favorites right now. No. False. Okay. And I, I think we've, we've covered that with the Rams and Green Bay in that talk right now. Well, and Tampa Bay. We can't forget Tampa Bay. They all and play Tampa in the Bay. same Tampa conference, Bay. you know. Tampa hard. Bay isn't looking as stellar as they did building up to the Super Bowl or even the performance they've had in the Super Bowl. We're not seeing that same team, but they're still a dominant force. Well, and on top of that, you have to remember that, yeah, they won the Super Bowl, but they were only like 10 and 6. So yeah. they stumbled on their way there. Once the playoff lights came on, it was all over. But, no, I'm I'm thinking that Arizona is a good team. We'll see who they really are towards the end of the season. Joe Burrow is a top 10 MVP candidate. No, false. Jared Goff is not good enough to be a starter in the NFL anymore. Mm. Man, I think that's true. I, I'm with you on that. Oh, it's uh, it's he, so bad. He has too many mental mistakes, and he's making just horrible decision making. Right. It's like he should have grown from where he is. It's like he's on his he's on a new team. Season. So I mean, we kind of have to give him a little bit of a break because he's learning a whole new offense. You know, but he was in Sean McVay's offense. So my thing is like that's probably way more complicated than anything Detroit has. Right, but you – and we've said this before, like a lot of Brady's success is off of Belichick's coaching, right? 100%. So he even took, off – Like Belichick brought him to this level, and then Tom Brady's talent brought him above that, right? His, so His talent and his intelligence took him to another level, right? 100%. He, he, he learned from the sensei, adopted it, and then reinvented it. 100%. Now, Jared Goff just may be a complete moron – who is it just reads the book and okay. Um, Very possible. And doesn't know how to carry it over and tell Campbell, hey, McVeigh does it this way. How can we change it to our way and still be successful? 
right? Right. Or, you know, Jared Goff leans over and says, hey, does Goff have two Fs or one? <laughs> so, you know, it's possible that he is a moron. Mac Jones is the future of the Patriots. They need to give him more freedom. Uh, True and false. Okay. He is the face of the franchise. He is the new Tom Brady. Um, but no, they don't need to let the reins loose yet. Bill Belichick needs to do the exact same thing with Mac Jones that he did with Tom Brady. Mm. I um, think I think you're seeing flashes already. Like, who thought this team would be competitive with the teams that they're playing already? Right? I, the team that we saw with Cam Newton was not that good. Well, and see, at the beginning of the season, I was pushing for Cam Newton. With the additions that they got on offense and defense, I felt like this was going to be a good team already. And I felt like with Cam's experience and his knowledge, that would make them a lot better than what they were last year. But we're not seeing that. I've told you already, Mac Jones has stepped into this, this role and looks like he's been there before, right? He's very composed. He's very laid back. And he doesn't get too excited about stuff. He he accepts his mistakes. He threw an intercept. He threw a pick six yesterday, and when he was getting off the ground, he didn't look defeated. He was like, "All right, let's get back into this." And this was towards the end of the game, too. Which well, right after he threw that pick six, what did he do on the next play? Threw a seventy-five yard touchdown. Yeah, and First they play. burn. They burn the same guy that picked him off. Well, and that's the next one right there. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is a a pick machine, but he is not defensive player of the year nor a top five cornerback. Um, false. He oh. is a top five cornerback. He's okay. not defensive player of the year. Okay. Um, do, you, do you think the lights and glory of his interceptions and two of them being returned for touchdowns is trying to make him a possible argument for defensive player of the year? I mean, like, hell, right now he's got seven interceptions when the next guy has four or three. So, I mean, he's getting his hands on the ball. And really, when they played the Giants uh, last week, he probably could have had four interceptions. So, he's putting himself in in the right positions to make the plays. But Mm -hmm. I think also he's showing that he's still quite young because he got burned on a double move. Like, he should have known the other team wants to try to retaliate. They want to come back. They need a touchdown quick. Beware of the double move because in that type of defense, in that situation, you can't give up the big play. He broke the cardinal rule, gave up the big play. So to me, he's still quite young to be making those types of plays. Um, I don't know. I don't know who I would put at the top. Um, for defensive player of the year um, because I think it's too early in the season to kind of go with that. Right. Um, I mean, I think every year you can just kind of pencil Aaron Donald in and just think he's going to be the guy. But um, I got Bobby Wagner leading that right now. Okay. Um, I, that's not a bad pick. The – a uh, side note with Trayvon Diggs, he's allowed or he's given up two hundred and was it two hundred and forty eight yards this year. So, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good chunk of change right there. Yeah, his interceptions are are something to talk about, but also at the same time, dude, be giving up some yards. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's over how many games? 
six. Yeah. So, I mean, really, if you average that out, what is he's it? He's averaging what? 41 plus. Yeah. That's nothing. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the odds. Apparently, Miles Garrett is the number one favorite as of one, right yeah. now. Um, that's just because his sack numbers are ridiculous. But Two more for you, and uh, we can move on. Oh, what you got? Trevor Lawrence has potential to be a great QB in the NFL. Man, I thought false, like when he first came in, but he's growing. And I think he's growing in a place where he's getting very little sunlight, very little watering, and he's just growing anyway. Um, I think his situation is pretty bad in Jacksonville. I think the coach is not doing his job. Um, but I think he's showing flashes that, yeah, he can be an NFL quarterback. Is he going to be, you know, a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or an Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. But could he be a Matthew Stafford? Could he be a Phillip Rivers? Could he be uh, like a not even an Eli Manning because Eli Manning won Super Bowls? But, I mean, could he be that guy like a Matt Hasselbeck who – you know, you don't necessarily, like, think of him in the first breath of great quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's also a person, when you look at the depth chart, you're not really worried about that position. You know what I mean? Right. So, will he be a starter? Yeah. Do I think he'll win a Super Bowl? No. Do I think he'll be a Hall of Famer? No. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be – anything great. I think he's going to be that one who stays on the waiver wire and a bye week comes up and you just need a fill in uh, for fantasy. I don't see him being somebody that we give a lot of attention to um, not only just because of his current situation, but I, I think the NFL is, is a bigger beast than what he expected it to be. I think he was thinking that coming out of college and being as good as he was there, like this was just going to be an easy stepping stone and he's learning the hard way that it's not. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with false on that one. So, I disagree with that thought. I, I, I think he knew what type of challenge the NFL was. I think you could kind of see it when you, when you talked to him, when they interviewed him. I think the only thing that, that threw me off is that when people were trying to say that he wasn't taking the NFL seriously because um, they were asking him if he loved football, and he was saying that, yeah, like I like football. I love playing football, whatever, but I'm not only a football player, right? I'm a human first. Right. And I think that threw a lot of people off to be like, oh, he's not committed to his team. But I think the reason why, honestly, the reason why we're seeing him struggle is because his coaching sucks. Yeah. And then who's the number one wide receiver for Jacksonville? Oh, Couldn't even tell you, you right go. now. You had to think about it, right? Yeah. So we don't even know. So uh, I think that's more of what to do. I mean, he does have a great running back. James Robinson is amazing. Yep. Um, I wonder what the offense would have looked like if ETN was healthy all year. Because, um, I mean, that guy's a pretty dynamic player. Um, him tearing his ACL in preseason really sucked. But well, could you imagine having both those guys in the backfield at the same time? And hopefully that's something we get to see in the next season, right? Like you and I, we've talked about many times as far as the success of a one-two punch as far as the running back system. 100%. Um, hopefully that is something we get to see next year. And um, 
hopefully it's a delightful thing, but we'll know next year, I guess. Yeah, I, I think we'll get another year for them to grow together. ETN's healthy. Maybe they draft a wide receiver in the draft, and they, or maybe they get somebody in free agency and you know, kind of build that team up. Right now, it's Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson, and that's it. Yeah, so, pretty much. You know, hopefully they can improve that team, and then it'll help him. Final question. The Seahawks run game is to be feared, especially when Russ comes back. Mind you, they are 14th in rushing yards this season. False. A hundred percent agree with you. I, I don't think that they like. Okay, so they're running back yesterday, Alex Collins. He's like the third string running back, mm-hmm. and Chris Carson is hurt again. Go figure. So he had a good game, and he looks good. But when you have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Those two guys, Tyler Lockett scores touchdowns all the time at will almost. But DK Metcalf, I don't think there's anybody that can cover him. Right. So I feel like when you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback, that's your strength. Yeah. And so your running game, like younger quarterbacks, they need a running game. They need a tight end. They need that to establish play action and get them open looks and get them, you know, less defenders that are covering the pass. Russell Wilson doesn't need that. So that's why they've been successful without a running game. But could you imagine if this team had Ezekiel Elliott, right? Or if they had um, Nick Chubb? That'd be disgusting. It would be unbelievable. And I feel like they, they are looking for that guy. Is Alex Collins that guy? I don't think so. Is Chris Carson that guy? No, he's tried to be, and he hasn't been. But while we're on the subject of Seattle, let's let's bring them into light real quick. They're two okay. and four. We we keep talking about the powerhouse wide receivers they have. We've talked. We've mentioned uh, Wagner. We've mentioned Russell Wilson. But is this a kind of mirror image of like Andy Reid where Pete Carroll is just trying to run the same thing over and over and defenses are figuring out how Seattle works, right? Now, granted, they have a crappy defense, but at the same time, we list probably two of the, what, those two receivers are probably in the top 10 conversation, right? And Um, we're we're only looking at... I would say Metcalf is. I wouldn't say Tyler Lockett is. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to judge right now because who was their quarterback last night? Yeah, Mr. Gino. Yeah, and so I don't think broke jaw can throw a football. So that's my thought process. Um, The game was only close because Pittsburgh has broke Big Ben as their quarterback. Right. So, you know, if if they had Big Ben of eight years ago, that game's not even close. Well, also, if you would have had Russell Wilson in the game, it wouldn't have been close, right? Well, yeah, if Russell Wilson plays for Seattle, Russell Wilson wins that game hands down, right. and they probably only run the ball for 30 yards. So, Gino only had 209 yards, one touchdown, 23 for 32. Um, the whole – I mean, Metcalf had under 60. Lockett had under 40 with no touchdowns. He couldn't get the ball off to them, but they trusted Alex Collins – 
Did he rushed he got over 100 rushing yards, right? Um, it, yeah, he rushed for 101 with one touchdown. Yeah, okay. Um, so this season, DK Metcalf is ranked 15th in yards right now with 441 with five touchdowns. He's tied for fourth. Yeah. Um, those, to me, are low numbers. I expected him to be at the number two, number three spot this season I mean, throughout the entire where, season for the most where part. Where we saw him drafted in fantasy, yeah, yeah he should be top five total like you know all points considered Tyler Lockett right behind him with 425 yards ranked 18th with three touchdowns tied for 19th um so Pete Carroll's gonna have to change something up or they're gonna have to come up with somebody to alleviate some of this this coverage on these two guys right I mean trades are still eligible right now I can't remember the trade deadline when that is normally on my calendar my secretary didn't put it on this time. Um, that could this be a team that we see trade for a wide receiver or running back before the deadline? Running back, I agree with. Um, that's not been their mo though. They've been just kind of picking up uh, like free agents, or right. You know, they're not really they're not really picking up like cornerstone running backs. So I. I don't know. Um, wide receiver, I don't think so. Um, running tight back, end, maybe. I, running back, I can see. Tight end, I don't think so either. They don't really, they don't really utilize the tight end like other teams do. Could but, we be looking at this the wrong way? And they're probably going to trade for defense. Probably, I would. Yeah. I mean, when you look at how other teams have built their rosters. When they have a quarterback that's a franchise guy, they kind of put a lot on his shoulders, and then they go and they build up the other side of the ball, so that way they can, the other team they can stop the other team and give their quarterback more shots. Yeah. Um, before we finish out the show, I want to run into early season awards. You tell me. I'm going to name a player and an award, and you tell me yes or no. Okay. All right. We'll start off with MVP, Josh Allen. He's got a shot. Okay. Uh, rookie offensive rookie of the year, Mac Jones. Oh no, Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons. Ooh, ooh, that's good. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, offensive. Or defense – wait, what is that? This is Offensive Player of the Year. We didn't do that one? No, we did Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm sorry. Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. He's got a shot, but he's got to step it up. I agree. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett. I mean, right now, yeah, he's the leader in the clubhouse. I'll say that. And I think this one is a no-brainer, but Comeback Player of the Year, Dak Prescott. Hundred percent, not and even close. Your favorite, last but not least, coach of the year, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, for him, to, for him to be coach of the year, they have to win the division, and I okay. don't think that's happening. So no. All right. Well, those are my uh, questions for you for now. I think what we need to do is move over to our. Easy bets for this past week. I don't know. Do you have any easy bets going on for tonight? 
for tonight, let me uh, open up my handy-dandy spreadsheet, and uh, I'll take a gander. Bills are at Tennessee. They've got uh, Bills favored by six, over under 53 and a half. So my spreadsheet says Tennessee 23, Buffalo 21. Ooh, you're calling for an upset tonight. And I'm showing an under. Let me see what the weather looks like in Tennessee. They play in Nashville, right? Correct. Um, Nashville weather. Clear, no precipitation. So there should be no excuses for the offenses to be able to throw the ball. Um, man, it's hard for me to pick against the Bills, especially with the the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. I know that that's not really talked about a lot, but Emmanuel Sanders on the other side of Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders is a better wide receiver than Cole Beasley. And it's kind of shown that you put it in any vicinity around Emmanuel Sanders and he's going to come down with a catch. He doesn't care if it's up in the air. He doesn't care if a defender is going to hit him. He doesn't care if it's almost going out of bounds. Like he will sacrifice his body to make that catch. He's shown to be playing for a check. Well, I mean, I think honestly, I think he's looking to play for another Super Bowl. Right. I think he sees an opportunity with this team, especially now with Zach Moss running the way that he's running. Well, don't forget about Dawson Knox either, right? Well, I mean, like, he's kind of a peripheral piece, right? I feel like Zach Moss has changed the team, and Emmanuel Sanders has been that piece they were missing on the outside. Mm -hmm. So both of those guys have become, like, outlet valves. And then, yeah, all that's done is open the middle of the field for for Knox, right? they're They're all succeeding in this offense. Because of the GM. Whoever the right. GM is for Buffalo needs a fucking raise. I don't know what that guy's name is. I'm going to find out. I'm going to see if the Broncos can steal him because he knows what the hell he's doing. He's made, like, it seems like every offseason acquisition has been correct. Most of his draft picks are good. I mean, this guy, he knows what he's doing, but it's hard you, for me to pick against that team. You want to know who the GM is? Who? Brandon Bean. I don't even know who that is, but I like him. I, I'm wondering if he's brothers with uh, Billy Bean. Billy Bean. I don't think so. That Bro, would be crazy. Both of your sons became GMs for sp- professional sports teams. Right. I don't think that they're related, but, um, dude, I'm even typing his name in. They spell it the same. B-E-A-N-E. Yeah. So, I don't think so. I'm going to look it up because I'm just curious now, but. Um, it just says he's, he was a high school quarterback. I already like him now because he's a high school quarterback. Um, uh, it doesn't say anything about No, him. they're not related. Yeah. So, uh, looking on the R&R sports betting.com website, uh, just RR, RR sports betting. I'm right? sorry. I, no, no, that's my fault. I always put the and in there. You don't need who the we, and. Who we both trust and use on a weekly basis. Um, on a daily basis be totally honest that right there that 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 one um they've got the same points they've got minus six on buffalo over under 53 and a half oh Uh, now it's minus six at the the beginning of the week it opened up at plus five for ten yeah plus five and a half for tennessee 
Uh, Tennessee's money line is plus 205. Buffalo is minus 265. The plus 205 is very tempting. Uh, now, this team is this team is playing terrible against good teams. They lose. Um, and unless they can control the clock, run the ball with Derrick Henry, and get a couple stops on defense, they're not going to have a chance. This, this Buffalo team is too explosive on offense. I, you know, we've, the, we've seen Tennessee's defense is not very good. They're not good at all. And I, I think the the four of Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Dawson Knox, I think they're going to tear that secondary apart. Um, and like you mentioned with how Zach Moss is playing, Zach Moss is playing not only running the ball, but he's catching it out of the backfield too and yes. making great plays. Um, I think Devin Singletary is probably on his way out. Uh, and they're putting a, a lot of faith into Zach Moss and his future game plays. But um, I, I've, I've got to go with the Bills all the way on this one. I, I don't see it any other way. I, I don't see this being a close game. I know uh, your scientific charts are showing. Uh, well, but that Yeah, that also is t- taking into account how they played last year, right. how they played the year before. And they're not very good right now. No. Now, that, not saying that they can't get it together. But, I mean, right now as a team, they have three, five and a half. They have uh, ten sacks total as a team. Yeah. That's terrible. Harold, Harold Landry leading them with four and a half, obviously. Right. But, I mean, you've got to get more pressures on the quarterback than that. And they're just not doing it. That's – it's bad. Well, hopefully uh... – I don't know. I would like – actually, no, I don't want to see Tennessee win because I have favored Buffalo this season, um, and plus Tennessee is in the AFC South, which is the laughing stock of the NFL right now. But yeah, you, know I was say, you really want them to help out the Texans? No, no. Texans are I'll, dead. I'm still expecting a trade of Deshaun Watson any day now, but we'll get to that whenever. Yeah, when, we'll talk about that shit when it actually happens. I'm so tired of – you know, the betting odds and hearing about this and hearing about that, fuck it. They're not going to trade him, so I'm not worried about it. Those of y'all who are listening right now, look out on Twitter and Instagram for my hockey picks for tonight. i um, not going to mention them on here just because I haven't gotten them ready yet. But I will have <laughs> them posted tonight, and you can go for that. Uh, this weekend, I kind of took a break off of it just because of the fact that I didn't really see any games interesting. Plus, I had family stuff come up, so you know what? We're back at it. We're hitting a week of NHL play tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, I, what's today's date? Is today the 19th? Today is the 18th. The 18th. Tomorrow, October 19th, is the start of the NBA season. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show a little bit. Um, yeah. I'll have a power ranking, preseason power Ooh. ranking. Looking forward to that. But the next time you're at a petting zoo and you're looking at your favorite goats and you decided, uh, hey, you know what? This is a pretty goat. But you tell the person next to you, you should listen to uh, two wannabe athletes talk sports. They uh, have some good stuff. Oh, this is great. You don't go to petting zoos? No, I don't. (laughs) We were at one and there was this creeper there that made me think of that. So, Mm. but, you know, mention us. Hey, look, the next time that you're at a pumpkin patch, because that's what's going on. Just bring like a, a Bluetooth. <laughs> that's what's going on. Yeah. A pumpkin patch. Right. It's Halloween, bitch. It is. So can I say my plug here? Go for it. Thank you. So <laughs> the next time, 
that you're at a fucking pumpkin patch, bring a Bluetooth speaker, blur out these two voices, and just let the people enjoy it. And if they ask you, tell them you heard about us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or whatever. The tell, them, tell them who we are. Uh, Do you want to be athletes? It, the greatest podcast hurt. ever created. It's not going to hurt. No. It's going to feel good. Yeah. I mean, especially just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> Guys, we love what we're doing. We love hearing from y'all. We love all the feedback and the hate and all that other good stuff. Um, it's like all Zach good said, time. Don't forget to follow us on all things social media. And this has been another episode of 2 Want to Be Athletes Talk Sports. I'm Ed. I'm Zach. See you next time, assholes. That was the-